Welcome to the Brooklyn Church Ministries podcast. In the next six weeks, we're going to talk about the mystery of marriage. And as we break down the scriptures, we're going to be looking at Ephesians 5, 21 through 33, and the roles for wives in marriage and husbands in marriage. Yeah, so let's join the care pastors from Brookwood Church as they discuss the mystery of marriage. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Care Ministries podcast. We are so glad that you are here with us again. We are in episode six of our series on the mystery of marriage, and we have looked at sort of the basic principles that are expressed in Ephesians 5, 21 through 33, and then we spent two weeks talking about the husband's role in the marriage, the biblical role of the man in marriage, and then we spent two weeks Uh, talking about the women's role in the marriage, biblically. And this week we're going to have sort of a wrap-up and talk about practical tools. Uh, But my name is Josh Masters. I'm the Associate Care Pastor here at Brookwood Church, and I'm with my two regular co-hosts, Mr. Gene Beckner, who is our Care Pastor. Say hello, Gene. Say hello, Gene. Every time. (laughs) And uh, Doug Wildman, who is our Marriage and Counseling Pastor. Hi, Doug. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? (laughs) Hey, how you doing? And then we have two special guests with us today. Uh, We have Rick and Kristen Raby, who are intimately familiar with Care Ministries and have been part of Care Ministries. What what is some of the stuff that you've done? I can't. I'm not even sure I could list it all. Well, we do singles counseling and uh, couples counseling. And we're involved in Celebrate Recovery. CR. Right. You're both Celebrate Recovery team leaders. Uh, and I know you've done other things around care ministries. You've done support groups. You run the Life's Healing Choices. Yes. And you'll be doing some this fall and this spring as well. So. A lot of good training with the care department. Yeah. So if you go anywhere in care ministries, you're bound <laughs> yeah, to run we're into Rick and, run into <laughs> and Kristen. So, and we are so grateful that yes. they're here. And, of course, we have Katie at the helm Woo-hoo. doing production today, and we appreciate that. So because this is episode six, we want to encourage you, if you haven't listened to the other five episodes, it will be helpful if you go back and listen to those. But what we really want to focus on today is if you did listen to those five and you're sitting at home or in your car and you're thinking, man, that that couldn't happen in my marriage. The things that I'm hearing them talk about, it's not possible. Well, we want you to know that everything is possible with God, and that's really what Rick and Kristen are here to talk about, because um, they have said that God has saved their marriage and brought it to a, a good place. But why don't we hear from them? So, give us just a, a touch of your story. We are going to post your full testimony on the podcast, and we want to encourage people to go listen to your whole story. But just give us a, a little touch of what you went through, and then we'll talk about the journey back to God. Well, I'll start kind of to take off from what you just said, our marriage was at a point of hopelessness. Hmm. It was to the point where it was going to be over. Uh, Divorce was pending. Rick was in another state and I was in here. And this was all right at the, what we call the pre-Jesus point. And that's when I found my surrender. Hmm. And when I surrendered is when God took something that was hopeless and turned it around in an amazing way. Hmm, absolutely. Yeah, I, without going too far back, you know, I had carried a lot of wounds from uh, growing up and obviously brought that wonderful gift to our marriage. Uh, so I checked out real early. So I always had this uh, 
underlying addiction issues, and it kind of just bubbled on top of the surface kind of my whole life until we were married about 20 years and then uh, found myself uh, in a place where I had just given myself into the addiction, uh, which wrecked our marriage, got us to the point where we did want to divorce the D word was talked about. And like Kristen said, and, and you spoke of, we were that couple that said there is no hope. Uh, but after, you know, both of our brokenness and finally giving up, uh, God could finally start the healing process and finally bring us to a place to have an understanding of what marriage was intended for in the first place. So we had to get a lot of that stuff out of the way. And well, what's your interpretation when you read scripture of the purpose of marriage, that, like you just mentioned? What, how would you describe that? Uh, well, from what I, especially from the passage and and my point of view for the husband, uh, is you know his comparison to Christ loving the church. You know, that's an overwhelming impossibility for me in the flesh. So mm. scripture's clear. I've got to be connected to Christ first. Amen. Uh to even understand or even fathom what that means. Uh it's a big responsibility and it's an overwhelming task not meant to be done <laughs> on our own. <laughs> so how do you guys like tangibly in your marriage uh glorify God? Cuz we hear that, you know, and we believe that, but for a lot of people it's like, yeah, but how do I do that? Like for you guys, how what has like stuck with you in how you tangibly uh, glorify God in your marriage? I think the biggest key is is prayer, hmm. praying together, praying with each other, and 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 praying over each other. It's not just a you know go to the meal, pray for the meal type prayer that we're you know hmm. I do pray blessings over her each day. Uh, and some days I miss, but, you know, that time of prayer and devotional time that we have is a must. And if we miss a day or two, you feel start to feel disconnected. So I think that was our starting point, uh, which has been pretty solid since. I think one of the cool things that happened because we spent 20 years in a dysfunctional marriage and had kids grow up in that mess <clears throat> When it changed, when we let God in and I quit being Rick's Holy Spirit (laughs) and I decided that (laughs) I couldn't do God's job anymore, the kids were able to see that God was real because they saw something hopeless too. In fact, my daughter would tell me because she was older, Mom, why are you here? Why don't you just leave him? And it took a while for it to play out and for them to see the real change. And the change was obvious because it wasn't just Rick's actions. It was his character. Hmm. So they got to see that God is real. And now they see how God answers prayers. And even our grandson, he prays for things and he sees how God answers his prayers. And we can go back and ask him and he'll tell us, God did this or Jesus did that. He sure will. So they're learning... They're learning to trust God. Yeah, I think the the biggest key was, you know, we it's kind of an analogy of the hourglass that when we're growing up, 
at some point we have these all these ideals and ideas of what life should look like and it's kind of like an hourglass that you know we kind of have our hopes and our dreams and our white picket fence and our marriage and this is what I'm going to need the kids the house the car the the job and you know it's at that point that's when the hourglass tips over and you know the sand just keeps coming out and coming out and you're left at a point whether it's your 2 6 or 20 where everything you'd hoped and dreamed for isn't what you had thought when you when you kind of uh, mm-hmm. lead out on that path, but that's God where God wants us. You know, we listen to the lies of the world about what marriage should be, that it's all about us, all about our happiness. And one of the biggest keys to uh, to our marriage was I had to take the responsibility off of her to be my provider or sole provider of my happiness, which I did for a long time. Mm. That's profound. So, yeah, we had to take that responsibility. And, of course, that just comes with our contact with Christ. So what was that process like? I'm assuming that the, the day you both decided to surrender to God, there wasn't a rainbow in the sky and all of a sudden everything was perfect, right? There, there was a journey. So what was that process like for you individually and as a couple? For me, the immediate feeling was relief that I didn't have to carry this anymore, that I didn't have to carry this burden. And I kind of went from a place of where I spent 20 years trying to control Rick and my situation and our circumstances to letting God take over to control that control. Hmm. That that burden was lifted and I felt like I could just I could just be. I think that's something that most women would be able to relate to is because I think, and Doug even said, what Rick just said was profound is that when a husband puts the pressure, whether he knows he's doing it or not, Mm -hmm. on his wife to be the sole or the main provider of him being happy or fulfilled, then you're stuck in this performance-based Christianity where you're like a hamster on a wheel because mm-hmm. you're filling a cistern that is got a hole in the bottom because yep. Christ isn't right. there. Yeah. And it's a hamster wheel that's too heavy for you to spin. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. And it was one thing to try to keep him happy. And mm-hmm. if that quit working, then we'll, let's try something else, whether it was food, cooking, or a clean house, or just anything I could think of yeah, to and, make and, him be good. You know, and as I was navigating, this is um, before Christ intervened, but, you know, I would navigate through life and my wounds, looking to her to satisfy that fulfillment of happiness. And, uh, you know, at times we thought, you know, it was okay, but then it didn't take long. It didn't Mm -hmm. take long before Mm -hmm. the next crisis came up that uh, we were at that place again. One of the things that uh, I think of when I think of you, Rick, um, in my conversations with you is that you have an ongoing conversation with God throughout the day. Absolutely. Um, how does how did that play a role in the healing of your marriage? Well, I, I think I received from God what I was willing to give up when I when I hit my knees. Can you say that again? That was that's huge. Do you know what you said? I don't remember what I just said. <laughs> I received from God. That almost sounds like a good quote. So I received from God what I was willing to give up. You know, some people go through slower transformation, and they do see transformation in their life in bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I think we're willing to receive how willing we are to be broken. And when I broke, I broke. So I felt God's transformation almost immediately. Mm. Um, so I was able to be an example, not through not through me now. This is all God. Through the flesh. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so a lot of things in my life transformed almost immediately. Mm. Uh, and I think one of the big keys for us is when we were at that point, we got to serving together very quickly, <laughs> very quickly. And it was something I could not put my finger on or explain in words, but it was something from the inside out that I saw change in Rick mm. when he let Christ take over his life. And for me, because I had sort of slowly been surrendering until I finally gave up everything, it was a relief to put the trust into God and not myself anymore. But I'll never forget the day Rick looked at me and he said, he said something like, I know what it is. And he brought, kind of brought all this history back into our lives because there was a lot of suspicious go, suspicion going on both ways between us because we didn't trust each other. And he said, you're in love with another man. Do you remember that? I sure do. <laughs> and he said, you're in love with Jesus. It is just, it was an amazing, it was, it was very cool because I thought, you know what? I am. And he was happy with that. He was and happy. I was quite that, willing to give you up to him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but now, Rick, you, you have done something that some people would probably consider kind of radical dealing with uh, a cell phone. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, at, at first it played out, and, and it goes back to what happened in our marriage because there was infidelity in our marriage about uh, uh, 18 years ago, uh, and the way it was found out was through a cell phone. Hmm. So or initially it was, okay, we'll, we'll get this tool out of the home. Hmm. So it was a way to build trust, but also... During that time, we weren't, we were nowhere close to uh, being in a relationship with Christ. Uh, but it started as a part of my recovery when I did mm. eventually come to Christ. Uh, you know, scripture's clear, you know, gouge it out or cut it off. Mm. Uh, so that was the original part of that. So, I mean, when it comes to cell phones and stuff in our relationship, uh, we can say we do have a flip phone, you know, a flip phone. Yes, for those of you who don't know what that means, that means no internet. That's right. <laughs> Just what it was designed for. And we do still have phones in the home. Oh, man. Uh, but the distraction that we don't have is incredible. Uh, when we're not there on you know, social media, uh, we can actually pay attention to each other. Mm. So, yeah. wow. so obviously life is not perfect yeah. and things still go wrong. So what do you do to stay connected to one another and to stay connected to God when the bumps in the road still come today? Well, we do. Um, we have to stay connected to God first individually and then together. So we do daily devotions or readings and praying together. And when things happen, which they do, and they do a lot, <laughs> we <laughs> talk about it. We sit and pray and ask God to help us and give us wisdom. Yeah, and I, I don't want to scare anybody away, but I mean, I think the first 20 years of our marriage was somewhat problem-free. 
All right, we had our internal issues of a, a marriage kind of coming to a, a close in a worldly sense. But there was no real death in the family. Financially, we were secure, had what we wanted. Uh, it wasn't until we made the conscious decision to take that step. Mm-hmm. Then some things started happening, things that we hadn't coped with before. Uh, her brother uh, passed away at an early age, at 49. Uh, our daughter, about two and a half, three years ago, went through a serious, uh, some serious addiction issues, uh, which, praise God, she's through now, and we, mm-hmm. you know, we got custody of our, our, our grandson. So, you know, life's kind of been rolling. Some. But we help each other look for God in those in those mm-hmm. things now, and we see where God is walking beside us, and we see Him telling us, "I'm there." When we can't see it ourselves, we'll point it out to each other. Yeah. And boy, He's there mm-hmm. in amazing ways. That's good. Yeah. So, what would you say to uh, a couple or an individual who's listening to this podcast right now? who is in that place of not having hope and have listened to these five episodes or maybe it's just turning in today and saying, well, maybe that would work for Rick and Kristen, but I don't see how it's possible. What what advice would you give to them? I had to stop. I just had to stop looking to myself and start looking to God and stop looking at Rick and all his faults and start focusing on myself and my relationship with Christ Mm -hmm. because we couldn't get it together. There was no way until we each focused on Christ. And once we did that, it wasn't this big effort and plan and we need to do this and this and this. He just sort of put it together because we were no longer focusing on how we were going to fix each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of couples, um, they've tried it their way for a long time. And and this takes, it's a two-way street. It's hard to have one person, and it talks about being equally yoked, but I mean, you know, if one person is trying to pursue God and the other's checked out, you know, that's a tough position to be in, but uh, we got to go look back to the design of marriage. I mean, marriage isn't necessarily all about our happiness. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not. I mean, yeah. can we glorify God even in the bad stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, even when we're, we're feeling like being angry at each other, I mean, the question, first question out of uh, our mouth needs to be, how can I glorify God in this? I mean, it's not perfect. We have our issues that we deal with and uh, usually comes from me and me pouting or something like that. But, uh, it's a constant. I've always said the the ministry of marriage is the hardest ministry out there uh, by far. One thing we learned was that we don't have to be right, that our relationship is more important than somebody getting the last word in or, or making sure our point was was correct or got or put across takes a lot of practice. And all that. <laughs> I spent 20 years of controlling and nitpicking and things got to be perfect. And it, they just, they don't have to be perfect. God stripped a lot of stuff away from us to get that out of me to show me what was really important in life. That's not whether Rick puts the dishes away correctly in the kitchen or puts his clothes in the basket. That's right. <laughs> 
Let it out, hon. (laughs) (laughs) But you asked about practical ways. That reminds me. He puts little notes in my my food. He wraps them up in my breakfast sandwich every morning when he makes me breakfast. Little things like that just to remind each other that... I usually do that after I iron her clothes. <laughs> this is true. I'll throw that in there. <laughs> well, before you make all of us look bad, Rick, <laughs> it's probably about time to close out this podcast. <laughs> is there any other questions that you had, Gene or Doug, that you wanted to ask? When, when I think most of us were going through trials, um, I think we've all kind of experienced that being crucified with Christ, where it's no longer us that is living, but Christ living his life through us. And uh, I don't know, I just, hearing your story brings me back to those days and realize also that it's in suffering and in pain where where Christ meets us a lot of the time. Absolutely. You know, it's not, it's not those circumstances where everything is perfect um, that we typically have an encounter with with the living God. Um, so yeah, hearing your story inspires me. Um, and I, I know that I'm not the only one. There's people listening right now that need to hear your story. So we're, we're really grateful for your willingness to come in and share that with us. And, and also we're at the, <clears throat> the good end of the marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it took, it was two or three years of, what people are in right now saying, I have no hope, I have no hope. Yeah. So um, so we've been at that place. So there is hope. It's not instantaneous. But one no. thing we learned is that we had to understand each other's wo- wounds. I, mm-hmm. Once I, because Rick held that stuff in for year, many years, 20 years before I realized, knew what happened when he was a little boy. And once I understood that, I began to understand why he was the person he was, and he had to understand where mm-hmm. I came from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Made it easier. Mm-hmm. And one great way to do that would be to stop by Celebrate Recovery or... <laughs> during our testimony <laughs> workshop. During the testimony <laughs> workshop or or even uh, take Life's Healing Choices when that comes back around. Absolutely. So we want to thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. We are all honored, very grateful to honored. you, and, and all of us who serve with you admire you. Mm. And so... We're, we're grateful for you. And I want to remind everybody to listen to Rick and Kristen's full testimony that will be on the podcast. It's probably already there by now. Uh, so go check that out. And we usually close by one of us praying. But Rick, would you like to pray for us and those who are listening today? I'd love to. Uh, God, we just lift you up. Uh, Lord, we just pray that uh, the words we spoke today will be able to just... Uh, bless that couple or that individual who's struggling right now, God, that uh, our our ideas of marriage, uh, we have to let those go, God. Uh, You are the creator of the, uh, our marriages and it's meant to uh, run smoothly on you, God. So I, I just pray for brokenness. I pray for people who are at that spot that they think that they still have uh, what it takes in their flesh to, to make that marriage right, Lord, that they just give it all to you and just uh, uh, hand it over to you, God. I know there's hope beyond that and to a point that uh, we can love deeply and deeper than we ever thought. 
but we have to trust you first, God. So give those couples the strength to trust you. But we are thankful for this time to share, Lord. And uh, God, we just give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information on today's topic, or if you need support, call 864-688-8355. Or visit our website at www.brookwoodchurch.org. <laughs> Marriage, what is it? Go. Yes. Uh, oh, I was preparing. I could stop talking to the mic. I was preparing.